Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 408. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, it's going to be um, heavy towards Kathy's inspiration, uh, but I'm going to fill in with a few things. But it's basically about owning your own stuff. Isn't that right? Correct. We're going to own our own stuff, and we should own our own stuff because it's our stuff. It's our stuff. Yeah, you got to own it. Own it. (laughs) Something happened yesterday. Skylar did something wrong, but then she admitted to it. She's like, Daddy, at least I owned it. Because Todd, every time you know we do something wrong or that he's calling the girls out on doing something wrong, they're not taking responsibility, and they like try and you know pass it off. He'll go own it, which own is, it, which is what kids do. I mean, we pass the buck. Well, adults do too. Uh, well, and that's the thing is, I think it's all of us. It's not just the kids. And so now the girls will say to Todd if he's trying to explain away something, they'll go, "Dad, own it." Yeah, you got to own it. Or they'll feel like, "Wait, now I can't get in trouble because I owned it." One time I did a, uh, I think I did a dedicated a tribe men's group evening to radical responsibility and it's one of my favorite phrases now Take well radical responsibility the truth is i mean just to like dive deep really quick i know you still have opening things to say it's we are responsible for everything we do and say and so when people are like well you made me mad so i said that no you said it mm. you always have a choice we don't have to be reactionary we can have reactions in our body but we can choose what we say. Yeah. And it's subtle because like, even like, let's say I got the flu this week, right. I, you know, I would be like, Oh, doesn't this suck? I'm such a victim of this flu. If I were taking radical responsibility, I'd be like, you know, it's not that I caused it, right? but it's how do I respond to it? How do I respond to it? And what pieces can you deal with? Like, were you burning the candle at both ends? Exactly. Was your immune system depleted? Exactly. Were you getting enough sleep? Because it's not, you know, some people will be like, it's either your fault or it's germs. It's both. Yeah. But your immune system can be down to a point where you cannot fight off what's out in the air. We've been uh, lacking sleep a little bit these last few days. We woke up really early to catch a flight from Seattle to Chicago Correct. to get home in time to see our nephew play in the state playoff championship 7a game i didn't plan to bring this up oh i did oh you did oh yeah our our nephew max mcfadden i call him butch <laughs> uh played in the state championship and they played against lake zurich mm-hmm. the undefeated lake zurich bears uh-huh. and batavia had one loss and batavia was the underdog and what happened they well they won and it was incredibly incredible how about that it was incredibly incredible <laughs> Well, I don't know. I would like to talk about that, but I don't know where you are. Why don't in your you get list. into the bullet points of? Uh... Okay, so before we dive into the football game and all the goodness of the last week, um, just a few things. We had a Zen talk yesterday, but our next Zen talk is December 11th. What is a Zen talk? You may ask. We have this virtual um, group called Team Zen that anybody can join. No matter doesn't matter where you live. So this is like our virtual option. Okay. So for those of you who are like, you guys talk about things that you do in Chicago and I can't come. This is something you can do no matter where you live. Yeah. And um, basically, you just sign up for Team Zen. It's a subscription. We do two live podcasts a month. We also have a Facebook page where people ask questions, and it's just an awesome community. Obviously, it's Todd and I, you know, sharing and helping and supporting. But everybody on Team Zen shares and helps and supports. And so it's, it's live 
uh, phone calls. It's pretty amazing. You can see our faces. So you just go to zenparentingradio.com and click on Team Zen. And can I say explain. thank you to our last four uh, Team Zen people? Sure. Uh, thank you, Angie, Kelsey, Sarah, and Eileen for signing up. Yes. And then the uh, thank you. Um, so the next thing, our big event, um, March 2nd and 3rd, is our big conference. And the reason why you, we need to talk about the Zen Parenting Conference today is Early Bird ends this Friday, 12 mm. 1. So if you were planning on getting tickets and you're like, oh, I'll do it later, do it this week because once December 1st comes along, all the tickets go up 50 to $150. Save yourself a couple of bucks. Don't do that to yourself. And good news to me, um, my How to Be Brave uh, pre-conference workshop has a few more spaces now. It was full, but now it has a few more spaces. Todd did some some uh, chair uh, movement in, in the room that I have. Where I didn't now do I anything. Have more space. Sean did it. Or but... Sean did it. Thank you, Sean. And then the last thing is, um, for those of you who are local, who are in Chicagoland, Todd and I are starting a, a success series at the Elmhurst Public Library. Basically, that means we're doing three, teaching three different classes on what success really means, IQ versus EQ, and how to be civil. Um, so that's it. All right. Um, so let's dive Let's dive dive in. Okay, so let's talk about Max's game. So, okay. like Todd said, my nephew uh, Todd and I have a have a pretty small family. Um, Todd has a brother in Seattle that we went to see this um, uh, Thanksgiving. We do all the time, and he has four girls, and those girls are the same age as our girls, um, except for their their youngest, mm-hmm. who is younger than our. Uh, last daughter. And then uh, we have, and then Todd has a sister. And then my uh, my sister on my side of the family, she has two kids. Um, and our nephew, he's our only boy yeah. in the family. Um, he plays football and he's a senior this year and they have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my niece, Maddie, she's been on the show before. Yes. She's she, awesome. She's awesome. So anyway, We've been going to Max's football games every Saturday for what, two months? Yeah. So it's been this like crazy, as Todd says, this crazy ride, this like lead up to this. I you know, it's like everyone's like, I can't believe we're here. Now, Max would be like, of course we're here because mm-hmm. he's been saying to us for months, we're going to state. Yeah. And do you remember when we were at brunch and we were like, OK, yeah. OK, man. Not that we didn't believe they well, were good that enough. Subtle difference between confidence and cockiness. Well, and, and, and age. Had, well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we've been disappointed in our life. Sure. And he's 18 years old and he's had a lot of goodness. Yes. Well, what I say is he has a, you know, he's a smart kid, good looking kid, good football player, awesome girlfriend, going to school at an awesome school, captain of the football team <laughs> that just won state. And what I say to him is, dude, when I was your age, I was in my basement playing D&D <laughs> with Charlie, Marty, and Herbs. And I wasn't even winning in d and I was losing in D&D, and my characters kept dying. Going on your fifth year of braces. Going on my fifth year of braces. <laughs> I mean, I just want to strangle this kid sometimes because everything falls into place for him. Well, and he's a nice kid. He's so a wonderful young man. He's a very nice kid, and he we love him dearly, and he's our, he's our butchie. Yes. And I still call him my baby, and he's, like, huge. Yes. Um, but he's my baby. So anyway... He um, was, he played in state, he won. But the thing I want to talk about is not so much about the football game, but Todd and my experience of watching a football game. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's really connected to understanding yourself. Like, I I think this is something that um, I get a lot of emails from women 
who appreciate when I talk about how I experience the world because sometimes people are like, yes, me too, but maybe they were looking for the words or looking for um, how to explain it to their significant other or children because a lot of times we're just told that we're wrong for experiencing the world the way we do. And let me give you an example. When I am in a football game, if it's at the beginning of the game – I can watch it and whatever happens is like, you know, is happening and I'm watching it with my eyes. And you guys may say, well, duh, what else do you watch it with? Well, I have a very different experience where when things get a little bit nerve wracking or when things are on the line. Emotional. Emotional. um, Intense. Intense. I will sit down and just listen. Okay, and so basically when you're watching any game, doesn't matter what sport it is, you know what's happening based on who's cheering and where people stand up and where. So. I have a feeling experience instead of a visual experience. Um, And I am fine with that, like where I can sit down and I can hear people cheer and then I know what happened, right? Well, what's interesting, I'm just having this realization now, but it's possible that not seeing it with your eyes could possibly be even a more intense experience than me watching it with my eyes. Well, and this is what I kind of, why I'm bringing this up is it's not about who's right and wrong and who wins and who does it the best. Does somebody say that you're wrong? (laughs) Yes, so this is why I bring this up is because my oldest daughter um, is very similar to Todd. In not, she's, actually she and I have a lot of similarities too. It's not that she's completely Todd. It's just in one of the ways she's Todd is she can handle intensity. She's an athlete, she likes competition and intensity to her brings her a lot of joy. She likes watching sports on TV and everything. Well, she gets really frustrated with me when I don't experience the event the way she does. And when I say frustrated, I don't mean she like yells at me, but she's just like, mom. So just for clarification, like when big moments (laughs) of the game happen, what do you do exactly? I sit down and I- Everybody else is standing and you sit down. And I close my eyes and I- I I pray or I, and when I say I pray, it's not like I'm thinking my action is causing. It's about me being present for what's happening. And I, or I sit down, I just, you know, process it or I envision my nephew out Mm. there being safe. Cause let me also say that part of the reason it's intense for me is he is a defensive lineman and he takes hits every game that are pretty big. And I also send him good thoughts because I wanted him to get through this season in one piece, which he did. Um, But I'm also, there's a lot of things happening emotional for me. Okay. For everybody. Um, So I sit down and she, let me just say this after like three weeks ago, after a game, she and I were walking out and she's like, yeah, She's like, I just so enjoyed watching that game. Watching that game was so amazing. I said, I know. That was so good. She goes, no, you didn't watch it. I was like, what? Sweetie, she's like me from 10 years ago or from two years ago. And she goes, you didn't watch it. She goes, mom, you didn't watch it. You know, she wasn't like mean. She was just kind of pushing me. Well, and there's no right or wrong, but just so, and I think you know this, and you, and I, I am much more now at peace in the way you experience a game than I used to. Even like two years ago, I'd be like, just watch it. And I didn't understand. Right. But if if our daughter were on this uh, podcast with us, I think she would say something to the effect of, it's more fun when we enjoy this together and, you know, and we're, we're very e- egoic people. So we want everybody to enjoy it the way we want to enjoy Correct. it. You know what I mean? We want, I am experiencing it with my eyes. You need to experience it the exact, exact same, same way, way I do yes. or else you're not doing it right. And you're screwing up my experience. Because you're not. So here's the problem with that. 
this has been a lifelong issue for me. And again, we're talking about football. This is bigger than this is not football games. I just this gives us a good way to explain this. Yeah. My whole life, people say to me, you're not doing it right. Do it my way. The experience you're having, the sensitivity you're feeling, that's wrong. You're weak. Mm-hmm. Um, weak. And you aren't strong enough to handle this. And here's what I want to explain. When I am sitting down and I am – and I don't I, – I am – every sense that I have is on. I am listening. I am feeling. I can experience everybody around me. And that is how I like to watch it. Let me tell you why. I have – a uh, strong reaction to things that are too in my face. And let me give you an example. Sometimes I get a voicemail from somebody. It could be work or maybe a personal voicemail. And it's a big deal, like whatever I'm about to listen to. And what I will do is Mm -hmm. I'll say, Todd, listen to this voicemail and then tell me what it says. Now, he'll say, why are you asking me to do that? It's not that I can't hear the answer. It's that I need a filter Mm -hmm. so it doesn't hurt my body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for those of you who don't understand this, I know it sounds strange and I respect your experience and I just like I hope you respect mine. It's not I'm not saying to everybody, you need to understand me and I'm just trying to explain it so you get it. When I um, am like when Todd is having a phone call, we've talked about this before. In the car while I'm in the car, and he has it on speaker, and I am listening to the person on one side of the phone talk and then Todd talk, and I am experiencing that phone call with him. It's so hard on my system. It's like somebody scratching at my skin. It's like I'm raw and it's painful. Now, if Todd were to have that phone call and I could only hear his side, I'd be okay. I wouldn't love it, but I'd be all right. So the question a lot of people are asking is, Todd, why are you having it on speaker instead of to your ear? So you don't have to experience that. My answer is because my stupid phone doesn't right. work. And my the speaker, um, the only speaker that works is if you put it on speaker versus holding it up to your face. But anyways. Right. So just to give the, that phone example or another example, sometimes I'll get a text or an email and it's a little easier for me to read than listen or watch. I think my my listening and my visual are much more intense and I think that's true for most people. I, I don't, I've never had you read a text for me. No, I no. don't think so. There's because uh-uh. there, there's a filter. There's a there. built-in filter that you have. It's like I can't, it's like there's a protection there. And and again, this is just something I understand this about myself now. I'm not embarrassed to share it, obviously, because I am. This is how I'm built. This is how I've been since I was a child. Like I'm just more sensitive to the world, and that's okay. And I think some people will call that weakness. And I don't feel that it's weak at all. Because let me tell you what is is the truth about me. During that game, Max won, so it was a non-issue. But say that they would have lost in overtime, which, by the way, they went into overtime, and it came down to two minutes. Yikes. I could be the first one to go right up to him Mm -hmm. and look him in the eye and give him a hug and say... How are you? Yeah. Or you're you're going to be all right? Or it's I have no problem with people, meaning that I you know how some people are like, oh, I can't handle that, or I can't make that call, or I can't I can I can be with people in pain, and that's not a problem for me. So some people will be like, you're weak for not watching the football game, but at the very same time, sweetie, you know what you are? What you're a steel magnolia. 
Ooh, why? For some reason, I love that movie, and it's a total chick flick. Uh-huh. And who's in it? Dolly Parton, Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts, Sally Field, uh-huh. and Julia Roberts, you know, spoiler alert here, Julia Roberts' uh, character passes away. Correct. And, um, you know, she, uh, Sally Field is the mom, and mm-hmm. she never left her bedside. Right. And her husband, what was it? He's got an interesting name in that movie. I remember, yeah. Whatever. Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Mm-hmm. He couldn't handle it. Right. And the brother couldn't handle it. And the brother, and I think her husband couldn't handle it. Correct. So none of these strong men could handle it. And Sally Field says something like, you know, the men are supposed to be the strong ones, but I'm the one that was there when it meant the most. Right. So anyways, you're a steel magnolia. Well, and that's the thing is I am not afraid of emotion. I am not afraid of my sensitivity. What I am is protective of my body. And if I do things to please other people, like you have to watch this, you have to read this. Like it's, you know, we talk about this on the show. It's why I don't watch horror movies. It's why, um, you know, certain music or, you know what's interesting though? Something that um, maybe not a lot of other people similar to me can relate to. I love loud music yes you which do. kind of goes against if you were to really if you're really trying to box me in like okay this is who you are mm-hmm. you're sensitive to these things or these outside things loud music todd will get in the car sometimes and the music is so loud and he's like are you kidding yes. me but i have a very visceral a great reaction to loud music like it it makes me feel alive so i don't know but anyway i it, I just want to explain to people who maybe has a significant other, and it could. It, this is not a male female thing. Meaning, it's not like men watch a game and women don't. This is all. This is could be any gender. Sure. But I want people to understand if you have a significant other who feels the need to listen and feel instead of watch with their eyes, they are still there. And so when you say, you know, when you know when my daughter's messing with me and she's like, you didn't watch. I guess I have to give her the enough credit to say you're right. I didn't watch the way you watched, but dude, I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was feeling everything. And that's just a different I maybe have a little more animal <laughs> instinct or something, I don't know. Well, and I think all you're doing is inviting people to have a reframe of right, what it means. Right. And if you don't understand and if you're like it's still not the way I want it to be, that's all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I can't I'm not trying to talk anyone into anything. I just so understand what I'm experiencing that I can at least relay it to you. And right. Todd is um makes fun of me sometimes still but more in love than in misunderstanding. He just, it's different than him. And I know that to keep myself sane and safe and to not get a headache and to not feel sick to my stomach, there are things I do to protect myself. That's right. And one of them is to listen instead of take everything in too much. That's right. So anyway, Max, Congratulations. congratulations. We're so proud of you. Yes. What a joy it was to experience that with you. Um, and you just had such a, he had a quote in the uh, newspaper last week before the state game where he, he plays a position that again, defense, that's not a glory position. His position is essential and he's great at it, but it's not like, you know, he's not a quarterback. He's not a, um, catching the ball where you're hearing his name constantly. Right. And he said, his quote was, you know, we don't play this game to, you know, pad our stats. Correct. Um, he's like, we play this game because we're all in this together. And yeah. that that's it's a very refined quote for somebody who doesn't get many interviews. Yes. And that's the thing is I'm like, that's all I care about. It's not the winning. Mm-hmm. It's not the, you know, all those things you said, captain and all that. It's the, um, he gets it. Yes. So, does. all right, that's it. 
So I want to talk about one of our two partners for this week. It's RX Bar. They've actually been our partner in the past. And what is the RX Bar? It's a whole protein bar, but they have something specific for kids, which is wonderful for our audience. It's a uh, RX Bar Kids is a clean label snack bar made with high quality real ingredients designed specifically for kids. Egg whites, fruits, and nuts are the base. And RX Bar Kids contains seven grams of protein and absolutely zero sugar added. No gluten, soy, dairy, or bad stuff. Delicious and clean and convenient for kids to snack on. So here's the deal that they've given to our listeners. 25% off, which is nice because who doesn't love a deal? Um, go to rxbar.com slash zen, and it'll take off 25% off your first order. So uh, they have three different kinds. They have Berry Blast, Chocolate Chip, and Apple Cinnamon Raisin. RX Bar Kids, check them out. Thank you. Where are we going next, my darling? Well, how about um, talking about uh, the connection thing that I learned last week? Let's hear it. So um, just in the last month, Todd and I had to um, do a few things where we were going to be with people who uh, are a little more difficult to connect with. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure you guys know this, like in work situations or in family situations where you walk in and you kind of feel like you can't quite make that connection. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you you bring your typical personality in, but you're like, wait a second, this isn't, I'm not feeling that I am... Um, there's something not happening here. And the typical scenario is like a work setting or in-laws or extended family. could be many different situations. (laughs) Like I, you know, the experience I was telling Todd is sometimes like I, you know, I'll put a story out there like, oh, let me share this story. And it just goes like, like nobody wants to keep talking about nobody asks any questions. Um, There's kind of like this, this, uh, uh, what's that? Not a dullness, like where a thud, a a thud and like nobody's facial expression changes. Like it's like everybody's just, it's like a very disconnected Mm -hmm. is the only way that I can talk about this. So again, I'm kind of already giving away what I learned, but I was talking to the, um, uh, my therapist who I love dearly about this and how I struggle with this. And she was like, well, Kathy, doesn't this make sense to you? Because you, your nourishment and your food in life is connection. Like it's the, it's the thing that like literally feeds you. And if you walk into any environment and people don't want to connect with you or just connect at all for whatever reason, which they have a right, you know, Mm -hmm. then you are starving. And when you're starving, you do stupid things like, you know, you keep you talk too much or you get angry or and not that being angry or talking too much are stupid things, but you, you get you disconnect from yourself. Or, yeah, or you withdraw or you get headaches. Right. Or, you know, can man- tired. manifest into the physical very, very quickly. Mine tends to, which is, again, like the football story I was telling you, because I manifest physically pretty quickly, um, that's I don't want to get headaches. So I'm trying well, to be thoughtful. And just to flip the script a little bit, um, you know, Kathy is empathic and she feels things deep and she's probably a little bit more raw to certain situations, which is just the way she's built. I'm different. Like I feel energized after a dinner party. Right. And you sometimes are like, oh my God, that was fun, but I'm exhausted. It just depends on who it's with and how long. And I don't know if I'll be able to articulate this, but I think it's because I have more layers on top of me. So I need more intensity to get what it is that I want to feel. Mm. Mm. And you have less layers, Mm -hmm. so you don't need as much stimulant. 
mm, that's to get good. what you feel. Yes, that's good. So this is not a right or wrong no. thing. It's really an understanding of others is what it is because we are all in this situation where we think, you know, our reptilian brain is like, well, if they're not like me, there must be something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And this is about compassion and empathy and understanding your partner, your kids. You know, I'm sure we do this to our kids all the time. Like, no, you can't feel that way. You got to feel this way. Like, well, their interpretation is different and they're a completely different person. And you think that they are a reflection of you and they're a completely different person who have to come through both of us. Correct. And you know, it's so funny how we are as humans, how we're always trying to be the right way or what's the correct way to be. It, in my um, college class, I was teaching them about different ways to be um, motivated. And I was using Gretchen Rubin's uh, new book, you know, the, her four different ways to be motivated. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that the four different ways are being an upholder, which I think you are. Um, being a questioner, which is what I am, being a rebel, which is where you kind of everything, you know, if anyone tells you to do anything, you basically decide not to do it. And then the last one is to be a um, an obliger. Oh, they I was able to come up with them. Um, an obliger is where you do things for other people. So again, it's how you're motivated. So like Todd is an upholder. He's motivated by internal direction and by expectation of others. I'm a questioner. I am. You question rules and accept them only if they make sense. Only they may if they make choose sense. To, they may choose to follow rules or not according to their judgment. Correct. Like if people tell me I have to do something, I get annoyed. But then I will at least look into it to see, does this work in my system, in my body? Does this make sense to me? And if it does, I am motivated. Mm -hmm. But it's got to make sense. And it's funny because I was listening to a podcast with Gretchen Rubin and I was I still kept thinking, gosh, sometimes I'm an upholder. Sometimes I'm a rebel. I mean, I can be really like rebellious when someone says you have to do this. I'm like, no, I won't do it. Or sometimes I'm, I'm an obliger. I care more about what other people think. And in the interview, she goes, if you're right now thinking that you're all four of them, you're a questioner. Mm. So I was like, okay. And I also took the test three times, yeah. which that's another reason I'm a questioner. So because there's she has a test which, that you can take. Which one am I? I think you're an upholder. Oh, totally. Uh, upholder accepts rules, whether from outside or inside, and upholder meets deadlines, follows doctor's orders, keeps a New Year's resolution. I am an upholder 100%. Yeah, that's... That's you. And are there elements of us in the other three? Of course. Of course. It's like love language. But what is your center of gravity? What is your foundation? I'm... I'm an upholder. And there's not a lot of upholders. Like what Gretchen Rubin found, the reason she wrote this is she thought everybody thought like her. Got it. So when she learned that there's only like 28% or 20% of people are upholders, she's like, oh, mm. this is why things don't always get done or people don't always follow through. Yeah. But my purpose in even bringing all of this up is that in my college class, I had them take the test and, you know, what are you and what motivates you? Because you should know, right? They were like, okay, this is what I am. So which one am I supposed to be? Yeah. And I'm like, you're supposed to be the one you are. Right. And they're like, yeah, but which one do I work toward? Yeah. I'm like, you don't. You just accept. I mean, that doesn't mean- Can you mean move from one to another? You could. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that if you are like a chronic obliger, where everything you do is for other people and you don't take care of yourself, of course, at times, you, you want to be thoughtful about, maybe I need to put myself first here. It's not that- it's not that we just sit there and go, okay, this is what I am and, and I should never question it. It's that my point is, is that we are what we are and that a lot of times we're always trying to be something other yeah. than what we are. Right. And, you know, that's what the point that 
you were just trying to make about the way you are when you're out with people or the way I am is we're so critical. Like you are often like, I need to be more emotional. Why don't things bother me? And I'm like, wow, I'm really raw. Everything really affects me. You know, why can't I be with people more often? And then why are we, why are we so hard on ourselves? Just accept what is. And part of it is because we're hard on, I think Todd and I, kind of understand each other, even though I'm sure we still get annoyed at these tendencies occasionally with each other, only because they impact us. Yeah. You know, like if Todd wants to stay out and I don't want to stay out, that's yeah. a problem. Or if I want to stay in and Todd wants to go out, that's a problem. But it, it's not a problem. It's just something we need to negotiate. Work through. Work through. And accept rather than tell each other why we're not doing it right. Yeah. Because... That's, again, like Todd said, this whole show, you know, if you look at our, um, you know, grounding forces of the show, it's about compassion and connection and understanding yourself first, because if you understand yourself, if you have self-awareness, then you understand why other people are the way they are because of their experiences, their pain, their joys, their, the way that they were built, um, you know, that's what, that's empathy. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, if you understand yourself, you can have compassion and empathy for other people. So my point is, is that how different is that? If we understood that, do you know how much gossip would go away and how much judgment would go away and how much looking at the world and saying, world, you need to be more like me would go away? If we just looked around and said, oh, they've had different experiences than me. Yeah. That's why they say that. Yeah. Oh, they've had different pain than I have. That's why they do that. And and then we can discuss it. And, and the more we understand each other, the less we're trying to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. You know? That's exactly right. And if we stop hurting each other, maybe we could actually use all that energy to do something good. <laughs> Speaking of good, yes. I, I have a few good stories. Let's hear. Um, this is from our friend Brandon, who does the good newspaper. Okay. Uh, and you might want to comment on this. Uh, he talks about the movie Wonder. Oh, yeah. How amazing it is. Oh, gosh. It's the tale of Augie Pullman, a 10-year-old boy who loves Star Wars, Halloween, and science. He also has Treacher Collins Syndrome, mm-hmm. a rare genetic condition affecting the way the face develops. How was that movie? Um, it was incredible. I I've, I loved it. I cried from the moment it started. I was with your sister, and your sister was sitting next to me. She's like, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> she crying? She was laughing. I mean, but she understood. She had seen it before, too, but... It's very, very emotional. What age groups? Uh, it's PG. It's PG. I think, I mean. Anything, right? We brought all of the kids from like the youngest was what, 10? Well, I could even, you could go younger. Yeah. I mean, I think seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. I mean, it's emotional and there's a, it's a little bit of bullying and obviously the pain that this, that Augie feels and the challenges of the family. Well, and I, I read this book with, alongside with, um, Cameron. It was Cameron, Uh right. And I just think it should be required reading Mm -hmm. for everybody on this planet. I do too. It's just an amazing book. And then my other good story is that... uh, Well, what what about the movie? Oh, um, you just... Oh, it's just... He tells a story about how this uh, girl who suffers from the same syndrome Mm -hmm. uh, feels very connected to Augie. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to normalize it a little bit. Like there's this... Hollywood movie telling a story about something I'm going through. So that was it. Well, and for those of you who came to our very first Zen Parenting Conference, which was two years ago, Dr. Shafali was our keynote. And one of our other keynotes um, was our friend Carrie, 
who Carrie Lynch, whose daughter was born with a craniofacial abnormality, and she it's called Apert, isn't it? Apert syndrome. Yeah. And so she told her story of you know all that what the experience they had. Her name's Mary Kate, and just so you guys know, she has a, a Facebook page called My Mary Kate. Yeah. And she has created this campaign in the Chicagoland area called Choose Kind, based on the book Wonder, because obviously this book has been out for a few years, and how she, Carrie, uh, and along with her husband, and they have two other daughters, and she's pregnant again, by the way. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, how she and Mary-Kate would go around to schools and teach them about Aperts and how they, you know, she, she, she had one year, I think it was the year of our conference where she was like, you know, at she was on... Socks. Uh, she was at Socks Park mm. with the baseball players. She was on TV at um, at Lurie's uh, Children's Hospital, which was formerly Children's Memorial, where I used to work. There's actually a like on one of the elevators is just a picture of Mary Kate. Oh, like wow. yeah, have you seen that? No, it's her holding hands with one of the doctors. Oh. So she's made quite an impact on the Chicagoland area as far as educating people. And so uh, Carrie, her school, I believe, if I read the Facebook post right, um, the entire school took a field trip to see Wonder. So imagine for Mary-Kate to have all these people understand you. It's exactly what we're talking about with the difference between you and I. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not the same as far as like the reason this movie is powerful. It's very different to have a physical. Yes, you know, difference where everybody has to learn how to see you differently. Yeah. Um, so in no way am I trying to say they're exactly the same thing, but it's in the same vein of if you understood we were all the same, you know, that deep down that everything is all the same. We just experience the world differently. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, and then the other um, good news story I have from Brandon is that uh, the country Chile, you know, Chile, Chile. Mm-hmm. Some people call it chili, but I think it's Chile. Okay. I just like the way you say it, so it's good. They just converted 11 million acres into new national parks. Chile set aside 11 million acres of land for national parks aided by the largest private land donation from a private entity to a country. The conservation effort of the Tompkins Foundation helped pave the way for Chile Chile, to greatly expand its conservation of the pristine Patagonia wilderness. That's great news. It's a nice story. It reminds me of one of our um, conference partners is Tree Sisters. Yes. And Tree Sisters, their goal this year is to plant one billion trees. That's billion. Billion. With Last year it was one million was their goal, and this year it's one billion. And they and will be at the conference. They will be at the conference. Um, you know, one of the stories that was in the, I think it was in the Good Good newspaper, was uh, about, or maybe it was... I'm thinking, and maybe it was in the Washington Post. It doesn't really matter because the news was cool. It's that there's a huge group, there's a percentage of millennials that are leaving the business world and becoming farmers. Mm. And they're becoming farmers because they want to create food Mm. in a way that our bodies can manage the food, meaning, you know, they want to do organic farming the right way. And I found that very, sometimes when the news is overwhelming to me, I find, you know, we're all lucky enough to find certain stories that have been written that we say, that's going to make an impact in the future. Yeah. Like if there really are more millennials becoming farmers and not just farmers, but farmers who are environmentally friendly farmers. Thank you. Yeah. That's going to change things. For sure. There's a million stories like that out there, but it's not on the ABC News or NBC News. Sure isn't. Um, and then our other partner for this week is canvaspeople.com. They have a very easy-to-use photo canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. 
So instead of letting those pictures rot on your cell phone, um, upload them to canvaspeople.com. Don't forget to enter the coupon code ZEN, which will reduce the an 11 by 14 canvas from 70 bucks down to zero. Um, that's right. I still can't believe they're doing it. And holidays are coming up. So a wonderful idea to basically get a free, amazing canvas of a photo that you love for $0. You just pay shipping. So enter the coupon code ZEN when you order an 11 by 14 canvas. So thank you, canvas people. Um, I have a real quick take. Okay. And I have something too. I know. Just, you got more. What time is it? Uh, it's 8.49. Okay. We're fine. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just real briefly, Michael Vick, we all know who Michael Vick is. Uh, he's the guy that got in trouble for the dog fighting thing. I remember he was a quarterback. Went to jail for almost two years. Mm-hmm. And he had um, debt of $17.6 million. Um, he just owed all these uh, people. And, you know, the minute he got fired, he lost all his income. Ah. So most people file, file a certain type of bankruptcy. I forget what kind it is. But... Um, Let's see. He elected for Chapter 11 bankruptcy instead of Chapter 7, which basically means that he was hoping to pay back all of his debtors. And he actually paid $17.4 million of the 17.6. So basically, he paid back 99 cents on the dollar, which apparently is barely heard, heard of. Um, it happens in maybe one out of 100 cases. So I don't know. It's just a quick shout out. A lot of people and, you know, Michael Vick basically says, I didn't want to stiff people who never stiffed me. Mm. So he did something upstanding. He also did something horrific, which is the dogfighting thing. But it's funny. I remember hearing an interview from somebody at PETA, and they said that the best thing that ever happened to PETA was the Michael Vick thing because, because it, brought it brought attention. all this awareness mm-hmm. to it. So anyways, I just wanted to give Mike Vick a quick shout out for that. You so. know what I've realized it lately is um, – well, let me ask a question about Michael Vick really quick. Does sure. he play football still? No, he's done now. You know, he's a sports analyst. But he played for years after he got out of jail. How – what does he say about that time of his life? Was he regret? Did he? I mean, like, how did I'm sh- did he make amends? I, I don't know. I assume that there was some. Like, I don't. I, but I don't know. The fact that he has a job and he's still in. The- oh yeah, he made it through, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that he's an advocate for the treatment of animals now. I hope so. Um, I think he has seen the error of his ways. Well, we're in an interesting time with all of this, uh, with all of these uh, sexual assault issues um coming into our um awareness now uh and there are so many more to come i think we've just started this process of you know opening the door to the what's been happening for years and years and years and years and i think that the best bet or the thing that i have been feeling in myself and you guys have to decide how you feel about this is when people really take responsibility and have an understanding of what they did and even maybe have a non-understanding where they say, I didn't realize mm-hmm. how inappropriate mm-hmm. I am or was and I'm I'm waking up. Yeah. Like this is waking me up and I would like to make amends. That is the path to healing, meaning we can say, okay, you did this. Well, I'm writing you off. You suck. Goodbye. But we all know that doesn't work, right? Yeah. We all know that that's what we've tried to do with our prison system. Yep. Um, and we've said, oh, you, you're a criminal. Well, you go to prison. Well, we don't care about you anymore. Well, 
hello, these are human beings, A. B, they're going to rejoin us in society eventually. So would you like them to be more shunned and more in pain and more, you know, overwhelmed? Or would you like them to rehabilitate and and make amends and figure out how to be a healthy version of themselves? Because that's really the goal. And so I'm saying that with this sexual assault allegations because I'm finding that – the people who say, no, this didn't happen, or I didn't do this, or everybody's a liar, I struggle with that. Um, and there are people that are saying, yes, I did this. And, you know, and maybe there, I know some people like Louis C.K.'s apology, a lot of people didn't like his apology because they felt like it was, you know, kind of tinged with humor or didn't really fully embrace what he had done. And I get that. Like, if people are offended, I get it. Like, I understand because it's so volatile. It's so full of, like, yuckiness. But I think what I'm hoping is that we can start, if people start to recognize, yes, I did this, and here's how I would like to make amends, and here's how I would like to change and help this cause, then we have to start forgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I think about, you know. The minute you demonize anybody... (sighs) doesn't mean that there's not repercussions for the wrongdoings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But, you know, the minute that we're like, I'm good, he's bad, then it's a slippery slope. Right. And that's why the full, you know, like taking responsibility for your behavior. If somebody's like, yes, I did this. Here's how I would like to make amends. First of all, just say, yes, I did it. And second of all, here's how I'm going to help the cause. Here's how I'm going to step forward and 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 speak up for people and, and be thoughtful about what I do and what I say. What else can we ask for than mm-hmm. that? And maybe people, you know, and there's a lot of anger out there. Like there's a lot of women and men who have been so hurt by people, you know, including myself, yeah. that it can be very difficult to let go. And I'm not saying that, it's easy, and I'm not saying forgiveness comes immediately. Yeah, but I think it's our best bet. Well, and I have some anger, and I don't know if I, I, you, you know what this clip is? It's from the NPR Politics oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's two and a half minutes though, so it's kind of long. Should we just explain it, or should we play it? Well, I have it all up queued up. Uh, two minutes is kind of a long time. It's important. Okay. All right. This is NPR Politics from last week, um, and it's about uh, sexual harassment suits in Congress. It's about two and a half minutes. It's part of what propelled Congress in 1995 to pass the Congressional Accountability Act, which was a law that essentially said Congress is subjected to all the same federal regulations as every other employer in the country. And it was that law that created something that's known as the Office of Compliance. And that is the office that oversees these complaints for every employee of the legislative branch. And those complaints and that process, in my understanding of it, and I think you understand it a lot better than I do, Sue is arcane, confusing, complicated, takes forever, and definitely does not favor the people making the complaints. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy, and I think people are trying to change that. Under current law, if you are an employee of a legislative branch, you have only 180 days from the time of the offense to trigger the complaint process. So if it happened two years ago, three years ago, you can no longer do it. Once you file a complaint, there is a mandatory 30-day, they call it a counseling period, although it's just a terms in which they kind of take initial intake period. It can be shorter than that, but it can be up to 30 days. 
At that point, you can decide if you want to go into mediation with the accused. If you agree to that, at that point, you also have to sign a non-disclosure agreement that says you will not discuss the terms of the mediation, nor will the other party. It's amazing that they have to sign an NDA. Yes, it's required to go into mediation. Uh-huh. In the mediation period, which has to be at least 30 days but can be extended, most of the complaints, according to testimony from House lawyers, are settled in this phase. At the end of mediation, if it has not resolved the issue, you then have an option to go to the Office of Compliance and have a private hearing before an officer who will make a determination about your complaint. Or at that stage, you can take it to the U.S. District Court in the District of Columbia and file a criminal complaint. But you only have 90 days after the end of the mediation period to file a criminal complaint. But again, in most workplaces, a lot of these clashes are something that people prefer to resolve internally through an HR process, through a mediation process. So, But it's done in a way that lawmakers who want to change the system say it discourages people mm-hmm. from filing complaints, that it doesn't give victims the kind of rights that you get in other circumstances, and that when these settlements are paid out, there's no public disclosure to the terms of them, to the amount, and yes, they're paid for by taxpayers. Boom. <laughs> That's the most important part. Well, it's all important. And it's it's the system is set up to intimidate Correct. anybody who comes forth with any allegation. And this is Congress. This is what are supposed to be, uh, you know, the leaders of our country. Mm-hmm. And, and you, it seems like you get more rights being in a human resources man, manager's office at ABC company than you do at the at the legislative branch in our country. And the fact that our tax dollars are paying off settlements that are requiring the people who bring forth these allegations sign the non-disclosure, like they have no choice but But to to have to sign it. Mm -hmm. Like it is so out of whack and I don't know what to do about it. All I'm doing is is I'm being a vehicle of information and bringing some awareness. Because when I heard that I said, Oh, my goodness. Well, and let's this is the thing is when I talk about like forgiveness, I'm talking about for individuals, this systemic issue we have, we need to change. change. So like when we're talking about individuals and it's between a person and a person, then we need to kind of figure out how that person can take responsibility and then make a change in themselves. But these systemic, these institutions that are set up to blame the victim and to not hear the victim and to protect and I and I have to say with men, yeah, okay, mo- mostly men, yeah. Statistically, um, there is a protection set up so they don't have to deal with the consequences of their behavior. And why this is a problem is this what I I've been joking with Todd all week about, you know. When for however many years, when people blame women and say, the reason you're not a CEO is because you you haven't worked hard enough or you don't you're not as smart as I am or you didn't lean in enough or you didn't. And then now we're starting to get a glimpse into the systemic issues that nobody was willing to recognize and say this exists and you you could have like I read this great article about do you remember um Annabella Sciorra, Sciorra. She was in um, Jungle Fever and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and she was in. Oh, yeah. She was in The Sopranos for yeah, a little yeah. bit. I remember, remember her? Yeah. Am I saying her name right? I I'm no Italian. Idea. I should be saying it right. Regardless, this is a woman who was also she's a uh, 
I don't think I want to call her a victim. She she had to deal with Harvey Weinstein, okay? Mm. So she was a victim of his. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say that. I, I Sometimes people don't like that word, so I would try and be thoughtful. But she was amazing, right? She's a great actress. Yeah. When you see her in a movie, she's just one of those people. She It's not just about her being a beautiful woman. It's about she was a great actress. Yeah. And how her career was altered mm. because of her interaction with him. Yeah. Just like Uma Thurman's career, just like Gwyneth Paltrow's career. And again, you can say, well, oh, they're still famous or whatever. But how were things changed yeah. because of that interaction? And, and how about all the women we don't even know about who didn't get the opportunity because of that power system? Sure. And we look at them and say, this and why women aren't paid as much and why this is a systemic issue that has affected women in such an underground way yeah. that when it's been brought to people's attention, there's been such like, no, it's your fault. It's been a victim blaming. You didn't work hard enough. And the fact that women, that any women were able to rise through it is amazing. Right. Yeah. And so to your point, Todd, about that, you know, obviously the the big thing there for everybody to listen the boom is our tax dollars are paying for these people to pay their the people that they have harassed it's nuts i can't even get my arms around that i just cannot believe that that's set up that way and that the system is set up in a way where like todd said i like the words you use intimidates mm-hmm. people from coming forward for because sure. their careers could be completely ruined yeah. and they have to sign a non-disclosure anyway. Yep. So they can't speak about what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so people will say, well, then why do they take the money? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're in this system and there's nothing for you yeah. and you're fearful that you could lose your job and you do you understand how stuck women get here? What do we do? Yeah. So all of this that's coming forward, and for those of you I've seen on Twitter, people are like, can we just take a a break from all these no. sexual assault allegations? No. no. Sorry that you have to deal with the discomfort because women have had to deal with this discomfort that's right. their whole lives. That's right. Um, okay. So I have a few other things I want to- Sure. Just finish up since I got I to gotta bail by 10 after. So. Okay. So a few things. One is we have a Zen friend, and a Zen friend is somebody who- contributes to the scholarship fund to our conference. And we had Meredith Ellison, who was nice enough to make a donation so that they can bring a mom or a dad who can't... uh, Actually, the day that Meredith donated that, I invited a mom and a teen who we know really well, who, um, you know, needed to be at the conference, but couldn't financially. And so Meredith, there is a mom and a teen coming because of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And then uh, we do have conference partners. Uh, We have a few different levels of partnership. Uh, You know, you get your stuff in the goodie bag that we give to all the attendees. You can have a table in the back. You can get recognized from the stage, things like that. But um, these people were at our conference last year, Allie Foles and Rick Morrison. Yes. And Allie, um, she wrote a book called The Heirloom. Um, Which is fantastic. And she also does intuitive readings and counseling, and she's an author. And her website is alexandrafoles.com. And don't forget about good old Rick Morrison. He wrote a book called The Hug Store. Yes. And he's a sweetheart of a, sweetheart of a guy. I met him last year at the conference. And he will literally give you a hug yes. when you meet him. He's a hugger. Um, so The Hug Store is the name of Rick Morrison's book, and I'm sure you can get that on Amazon. Yes. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, you have a book. I and do. it is holiday season. I do. So for all you ladies and men out there who want to give a wonderful gift, uh, go to our website and click on whatever store or whatever it's called, 
and you or can you can go to Amazon too. And you can buy a book, uh, one of Kathy's three amazing books. Buy living what you want your kids to learn. That's right. I mean, I like all three of my books, and I'm proud of them and mm-hmm. everything. I'm not trying to be disparaging in any way, but living what you want your kids to learn is like everything in one book. The self-aware parent and the self-aware parent two are great, and those were kind of my early days with kids. So if you're you know, yeah. you're at the very beginning. That's Maybe be that's good... for you, but living what you want your kids to learn is everything. And we got two new iTunes reviews um, from Professor O from the USA. She Her title was Connecting in the Car, so I think they uh, listened to it as a couple in the car. Good. And then good old Fizzy13 called it Grounding. So thanks for those two I iTunes fizzy reviews. I you read before. I don't know. Nope, maybe. maybe not. Who knows? Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. And then we have two other partners, uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Uh, Dr. Kelly, she adjusts us twice a month. And you can go to chirotree.com and good old Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company, who's going to redo our when studio. When does our basement start? Uh, he says sometime this month. Oh, boy. Okay. He's busy. Okay. But not, oh, boy, he's busy, but, oh, boy, we got to clean out yes, the basement. We got a little bit of work ahead of us. And uh, that's avidco.net. Um, and then I also, oh, I have a men's group. Go to the tribemensgroup.com. And I'm also, uh, I coach guys. So guys, if you feel stuck or you want to push through to the next level, first session is three, go, free. Go to toddadamscoaching.com. So here's something that you guys, because you can't see Todd because you're just listening to him. Every time he talks about the tribe or his own coaching practice, he puts his arms out to oh, the really? side every time. Why is that? I I, I only you could answer that question. No, I can't answer but it you, if I knew the you answer. Will set, so what he does is he starts talking about the tribe and he sets everything down and he sets his he puts his arms out. I think I'm inviting people into the club. I know. It's a it's something that I've noticed that you do all the time. All right. So, so. maybe it's your heart open. That's right. Don't forget that, sweetie. <laughs> um anything else you got for us? Well, um I think that's just a good place to end, but um I will just say thank you for listening, and I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And as you head into this December, um, just, you know, take it slow. Enjoy it. it. You know, we will talk more this month probably on other shows about how to have a more calm uh, holiday experience. But just start by noticing how beautiful everything is right now, even if it's winter. The trees, the lights, yeah. the singing, the attitude. That's right. So, you know, I'm grateful for it all. Hope you are too. Keep trucking, everybody. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, Milk and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. 
you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.